Studio Junkyard Podcast. Blockbuster is giving free DVD rentals until the 4th of July. Yes, it's a Blockbuster video membership card. Woohoo! Cheap meat! It's working! It's working! So you can watch a bunch of different movies every day this weekend and not pay a dime. The Video Junkyard Podcast presents free rentals. Um, <laughs> I've been living your lectures, apparently, because it is warm in this out. fucking room. I'll tell wow. you what, Door County, great fucking weather. It was at the 60s and like 60s, 64, so I could wear jeans again and like nice. a nice layered outfit. I loved it, and I just had to roll up my sleeves. If it was a little too warm, it was great. Today, it wasn't too warm, but it was just warmer than that, and I was very fucking pissed. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no. I want to wear pants again. Like, I like wearing shorts, but I prefer wearing pants. I just can't do it on hot fucking days. And I hate it. Yeah, I'm not a... Mainly because... I've I've become more of a shorts person. (laughs) Yeah, same. I, like, actually, like, hate the time of year when I have to put, like, real pants back on. (laughs) And I I never used to be like that. I used to be the guy that wore jeans everywhere. Like, it's 90 degrees, I'm wearing my fucking jeans. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just can't getting old yeah. and I'm letting shit go. <laughs> it's just kind of nice to have that quick access point when it's hot and sticky out. You know what I mean? I have, shorts. I have never yeah. had this before, but I have a now definitive tan line on my feet from the Birkenstocks I have worn all summer. <laughs> I, Including I actually, at times in the field, I was like, fuck it. Yeah. I actually have <laughs> like this strap. <laughs> You guys saw the sandals I wore, I think. Not that you would fucking remember my footwear. But all yeah, summer I long. Say, I don't think I took note, but. Yeah. No, but all summer long, I've had like this boomerang like shape on both of my feet from my sandals. So, <laughs> yeah. Yep, Is I, it just an old man thing where you just start I, I getting think to that? Just, I yeah, think you, so. start, you start to go. All right. I've never really been one for, you know form over function so let's just go full money on that <laughs> yep well, yeah i think you just well first of all i've never been a huge person that like into like giving a shit of, about what i was wearing but certainly i had my opinions and it just slips as you go as you yeah. get older you're, you don't care as much like oh is that gonna look silly well i don't care it's more comfortable so right i mean i still wear it. a lot of print t-shirts but i usually wear them on the weekends and if I have jeans, I still have some jeans that have like tears in them and shit. I don't care. Eventually they become cutoffs, um, you know, for yard work and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's the weekend wear because I don't want to be noticed by students. Yeah. If we're happy to be at the grocery store, which happens. So um, it's, it's almost like this is my other way of having to dress. Though lately it's kind of been merging. <laughs> like... <laughs> I've been wearing sandals when I teach, and I usually didn't, but I had professors who did, so whatever. Yeah, I had a fair amount of professors that would wear stuff like that, so. I even had some that would wear print t-shirts and ripped up jeans, so. hmm You know, and not just TAs. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, tenured like... professors. <laughs> um, my dad has probably, has that very classic Midwestern, um, like, lower... Uh, lower class Midwestern um, wears jeans with his printed t-shirt of whatever 
Like, he doesn't even, like, care. It's not, like, a band that he cares about. It's just whatever he just happens to have. Doesn't even know where he got it from. Could be a beer that he never drinks or just some kind of weird slogan. Literally, probably the three wolves in the moon thing. I've seen my dad wear it. Tucked into his jeans. Like, those types of shirts. I, I, I picture, I picture like, the, for some reason in 2021, somebody's wearing the you know, commemorative 1997 Winnicani Turkey Testicle Festival, you know, <laughs> runner-up kind of a thing. Like, where the fuck did you get that? There's a story with that shirt. That's the thing. I've asked my dad about, like, where'd you get this shirt? He goes, I don't even know what I put on today. Uh, he's, he just looks at it and goes, oh. <laughs> like, he didn't even fucking read it. Because what it is is, like, it's usually, like, my grandma, his mom... Like, we're just, like, she does all this fucking random fucking garage sale shopping. And she'll just grab, like, shirts that she thinks of my dad and just, just give them to him. My dad never really goes shop. If he my dad shops, he'll just buy, like, the fucking Hanes pack of shirts. Mm-hmm. And then he'll just go, he'll just blow through them. Because he does a lot, he does a lot of fucking construction work. So things get covered in concrete yeah. quick. So there's a quick turnover in his shirts to the point where he's accepted in his life. I'm just going to wear whatever because it's not going to last long. Like for the That's longest how time. I am usually with shoes. He, oh God. Like, I'll, I'll buy shoe. crap shoes, but not yes. started to like stop doing that and start like saving up and, and yeah. investing in a better pair because I'm not burning through them like that as much, or I'm trying not to, I'll, I'll like have a set off to the side. That's like, okay, this is my, work shoes or if I need to wear something a little nicer, you know, just going for a walk kind of a thing versus I'm doing yard work. I have never owned so many pairs of shoes in my life until now. I, it's usually oh, two yeah. pairs of shoes. Yep. It's the, it's the converse that I wear until I have no sole on the bottom of them or a work shoe that won't let me wear my converse. If I don't and, count random flip flops, I had to purchase last minute or something like that, you know, like $5, flip-flops yeah. or something i probably have 12 pairs of shoes i yeah i was gonna say i'm getting close most of them aren't things i wear often but yeah right like i have a couple different types of pairs of dress shoes i have some yeah like, i think i still have one or two <laughs> like <laughs> dress boot kind and i've got a pair of cowboy boots so i've got a pair of work boots you know just stuff like that yeah i have like hiking boots like i have like five generations of tennis shoes i have like my good shoes that i can yep. still run in and then i have like the kind of good ones that i could definitely walk in if i need to and then i have like the ones you mow the lawn in and do yard work and shit and then like yeah yep. so yeah plus, plus the snow boots yeah oh yeah and there's snow yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm not yeah. looking forward to that be have to pack a pair of shoes or leave a pair of shoes at the office because I have to wear my height, my snow boots just to fucking get to my office. I'm yeah. not looking forward to that. God, that's oh, awesome. yeah, winter fun. But I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm adamant on keeping the beard through winter. Yeah, oh, nice. Because I want to see where this goes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like everyone's got to give the big beard a shot once in once in their life. Yeah, if, it's, if it works for you, you just keep it. That's your once in your life. You'll have it forever. So <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, I'm amazed how much it changes the way you look like your face looks, even in the mirror. You're like, Jesus. Like it. When you don't have hair, <laughs> it makes a big difference when you have a beard. Like, um, yeah. 
Oh, like, sure. It, it, it like the slightest fucking change. And I'm like, nope, I have to make a correction right away because I'm going a little bit more eggy shaped than I would want to. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not... And nobody wants to look like a penis. I don't want to say nobody. I'm pretty sure there's a few people out there. Very few. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure my property incidentally, manager. Incidentally, I found most of the CGI <laughs> in this movie to look like big rubbery penises. So. <laughs> oh, there's certainly man. a few of those. Oh, yeah. God. I. I, first thing Ryan asked me when we got on tonight before you joined, Eric, was, how you doing? And I just said, grumpy, because I am <laughs> kind of grumpy today. And uh, this movie did not help. I think uh, I finished it yesterday, and I wonder if it had an influence. We're going to have very different reactions today, oh. i tell you that much. Yeah, I'll today, save it for the show, but yeah. Uh, Today, this movie was my... I started the day watching the movie, and then everything else happened. This this movie was my highlight for today. <laughs> so. It's a way to measure how bad your day is, I guess. Like, yeah. It's very interesting, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, remember when I laughed today? <laughs> I, I didn't even laugh. Though there is a, a show I, I'd recommend to you guys, uh, Eric. I think you'd especially like it. It's a new kind of uh, adult um, animated series on Netflix. Okay. Chicago Party Ant. What the hell? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's about this woman and her nephew living in Wrigleyville. And huh. she's just like 100% Chicago trash. Okay. And it's fucking hilarious. I mean, that, just, that's a very distinct thing. I think I've picked up on living there for over a decade. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's 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 hilarious. <laughs> just that it's and maybe maybe we like it so much more because we really miss being around some of that. Instead, we're here. <laughs> but no, it's play it, it right now. I'm adding it to my it's it is funny. Um it's crass. It's like Family Guy in Chicago, <laughs> but okay. you know it, it's got its place. So we've been watching that. That's been it's a fun added to the list. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily mean anything these days, right. but it oh, is yeah. on there. <laughs> um, because I uh, finished the book Misery, I mm-hmm. rewatched the movie the other night. Yeah, yeah, and you got God, you. The movie's still really good. But it's, I think, one of the first examples where I can go, oh, but the book was so much better, <laughs> you know, yeah. to do that line. It, it was, it's like, it's intensity, and because you've read that one, like the intensity of it, yeah. it is so much more terrifying than even the movie. The movie was good, but I, it didn't do it justice. Yeah, it's been a long time since I read it, but I definitely have that distinct memory of it being, yeah, even more kind of intense and disturbing than the movie. And the, I thought the movie got a good job of getting the vibes, but... Oh, it did. Yeah. But it's like, it's hard to get into, like, you know, in the book, he's talking about how addicted he's become to the, the pain medication. Mm-hmm. And you also really get an insight into him going a little crazy. Um, yeah. It's yeah. hard to do that in the time that they had in the film. So I don't fault the film for anything. It was just like, if you think that's good, if you think if you thought that was insane, <laughs> yeah, read the book. Um, and now I'm actually, actually, because Ryan, we were talking about it last week, 
and mm-hmm. you had mentioned you had read it. I'm now going through the audiobook of the autobiography of Malcolm X. Oh, yeah? Which is phenomenal. It's read by Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, my God. You know, I highly nice. recommend it. I um, wish that was around when I had to read the book. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a hard time reading books. I have a hard time keeping my attention span on them, to be honest. But audiobooks have been amazing because yeah. I can pay attention to all yeah. of it and I, do other I, shit. Highly recommend this one. It just came out a couple months ago. Awesome. Uh, this edition um, with with Lawrence Fishburne reading it, and he he's doing he's a great job because it's funny. Like you, at first, I expected like oh, it's going to be like Morpheus, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, or Cowboy Curtis, but no. It, instead, it's, <laughs> oh, um, he he embodies like from recordings and, and speeches I've seen of Malcolm X. It's like he he's He's not doing like a Malcolm X impersonation, but you can see there's a he gets the passion where it's supposed to be expressed. And that's really helping, but it's it's really good. Awesome. Yeah, it's yeah, to... definitely okay. uh, opens up some eyes. Yeah, um, I mean, it's a lot of it's... stuff that, that I've heard, but it's it's interesting to hear all the perspectives. Exactly. It really uh, opens up like how complicated the situation, yeah. like how all of it is, like the mix of emotions, uh, and rightly so. It's especially his life and like his own his own transformation into yeah. this icon. Yeah. Uh, yeah and it's I'm, just I'm, a person doing what he believes is right, and yeah, he's and just I, tired I'm, of how things are. I'm at a point in the in the the book where he's. Um, in his 20s and he's just moved to boston from georgia and he's just got his first job shining shoes at a club but the club is like a banquet hall and he gets to see benny goodman's band and glenn miller's orchestra and all of these live acts and he gets to know some of the band members but he's also running numbers and he's he's getting you know guys uh, when they come into the bathroom to get a shoe shine, he's also hooking them up with pimps and getting them weed and alcohol and stuff. So it's you're seeing that whole side of, you know, growing up, we would have heard or been more exposed to the story of like all the white kids who, who went to see the big band orchestra and they would dance. It's like, yeah, but then you're hearing this other version. Where, yeah, they're going to the bathroom. They're getting high and, you know, getting hookers. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It's. And and it's from this perceived seedier side, right? And it's just been it's. I remember growing up, and I don't know if you guys had the same experience, but like as a kid, when you first start hearing about Martin Luther King, when you first hear the name Malcolm X, it wasn't a positive connotation. No. Well, it's because it wasn't given to you in any positive exactly. ways where we grew up. Yeah, like, that's what I mean. Like the way we grew up, yeah. Malcolm X was always this villain. He was the antithesis. They only right, used yep. him as a counterpoint to teach you, you. You were learning about Martin Luther King, and they would use him as a counterpoint. And that was it. That's all the context you ever got to Malcolm X. And it was like the worst and most whitewashed version. Yeah. Yeah. If you were ever going to be a black person standing up for your rights, do it the peaceful way. Don't be so violent. Looking at you, rioters and black lives. And it's just like, um... I don't think you understand the complexity of the situation. And all Malcolm X for, yeah, exactly, being perceived as the violent one because he said in a speech, by any means necessary. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, it's like it's not like he went I, that that characterized that statement characterized no. his entire message, or, or at least at least it was used to care repackage his entire right, right. right. or even the Black or Panther movement in general, like learning about yep. them in school versus like what they actually did and going like, holy shit! Like, did... sorry, I'm totally cutting you off. I got excited. Go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. That, that, I was gonna say, did, did either of you guys see uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, the movie? No. Last no, year it was. No, yeah, that, but I heard it was good. It was incredibly good. I enjoyed it a lot. It's one of the only like Oscar nominated movies I saw last year. Actually, no, I think I saw two or three, which was a big year for me because I usually don't see many of them anymore. That was about the murder like, of the, the head of the Black Panthers, right? Uh, the, the head of the Chicago chapter. Um, okay, right. Yeah. It is uh, incredibly well done in... And it's definitely a story I feel like is more important than I even knew. I knew it was going to be like a dramatic kind of heavy movie, but it's one of those um, where you're pissed off at the end. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But hey, uh, but I also think it, it shows like a, it shows a good like historical take on it. It's I even feel like it's it's pretty even keeled. Um, I'm I I'm sure uh, you know white Republicans and shit don't think the same, but. Um, I don't think they shy away from like their, you know, the the dark side of things as well. But um, right, yeah, it, it's really, really well done. It's, well, I just read. This just reminded me uh, before uh, I came out here tonight, and set up outside. Um, that Fred, you know this, Fred Hampton's the guy's name, by the Fred way. Fred Hampton, come up that's with right. For some yes. reason, but yeah, uh, you know this story that's making all these headlines <laughs> about th- this uh, girl that was murdered. Yeah, 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 in the yep, Grand Tetons. Yeah, and, uh, um, there, there was a. I, I just read today that there was a uh, San Francisco news anchor who's been indefinitely suspended for suggesting that they do a segment on how the media has been portraying so much about. This is another example of missing white women syndrome, right? Mm. Yeah. And think about how many, you know, women of color and indigenous women go missing every year and they don't get any media attention whatsoever. Yeah. Other than like a five second local thing once. And his manager. Half of them don't even get that. It's it's kind of scary if you look up the numbers. And I guess the manager and him got into a disagreement about it. And yeah, he's been suspended indefinitely. He's white, but he's got an adopted black daughter. And I guess he also has a history of being suspended. He might have been drunk on the air last year. But still, he's not Doesn't wrong. Doesn't make his point invalid. <laughs> right. I I am kind of appalled that this is a story. I mean, I feel horrible. Oh, it's a very sad situation. I feel for the family. And I hope they catch the guy. But that's what I would say about any of these situations. Because, yeah. okay, well, I hope you catch him. Good luck. Um, why, are, why is this getting flooded? Why, why are people paying so much attention to this? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the question you're asking. I mean, by asking that question, you're not saying that it's not a serious thing that happened or that it, you know, you don't have any empathy for the family or the people that were, you know. But you're just saying, you know, it's that's a serious question. Like, why? Why are we so infatuated with this when, you know, the the numbers are so heavily skewed towards women of color uh, that are, you know, not only murdered and, and found, but missing as well? Like, well... Yeah, I just it's like why is there there is some really heinous shit that goes on. 
and I'm not trying to be like conspiracy theorists, like, you know, check, you know, Pete's gate. I'm just saying, you know, check the basement. I don't mean to be anywhere remotely like that. I'm just saying, yes, there, there are horrible crimes that go on all over. Why, why is this one, which is horrible, but why this? Yeah. I don't, I don't get she, it. She and her partner, I don't, I don't, I think they, I don't know if they, they were fiancés. It might have been, might have been a fiancé uh-huh. thing. Yeah, I think but, so. They they actually were social they were low key but social media people like they actually had like a fairly sized following. Okay, yeah. So that started it, from what I understand. Like they weren't like I said they're not like huge but they had enough few thousand uh, followers. Um, enough were like when things were off. That was enough. And also like how true crime dramas and like that kind of stuff has really taken up precedence in people's interests in the past five years, for sure, especially since the pandemic. Like if you've ever noticed that uh, true crime stuff has has risen significantly. Um, Well, I mean, so when you get like a live thing like this, like that's another reason that a lot of people latched on to it as well but it did open up the door towards questions like yeah what about all the people of women of color or people of color who just go missing constantly like being in a city like well eric you were in chicago you lived in chicago for a long time or me here being in milwaukee learning about like god i can't pick up any kind of like just grocery ads without seeing at least five like young women of color disappeared first and it's just like holy shit or when i was in door county i was like i'm gonna look up door county because i just found out that it's named after the door the death's door like that's pretty fucking metal for a county in wisconsin be named after the door of death (laughs) like why didn't i learn that and then find out the number one crime uh is human trafficking Mm -hmm. yeah and it's just like jesus fuck Video All three of those movies are fantastic. I don't know. World's End, maybe I need to watch again, because I remember that being the weakest of the three. World's ah, it's End still pretty good. But pretty- it, you might be right, it's the weakest, but it's still pretty good. <laughs> I actually, I have a hard time watching that movie, because I think it did a, such a good job, because uh, it really flipped the character dynamic, with uh, Simon playing, like, you know, the yeah. dude that Not never likable guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Who never grew up. And he's like, oh, you have like a really sad like man child. And it ended a friendship. <laughs> like it actually had an emotional. Uh, I own the movie and I have not watched it since I first saw it. And I, uh, I know I should watch it again. It is good. Have you yeah. have either of you seen frequently asked questions about time travel? Uh, it's got Chris no. O'Dowd in it. I have not seen. Yeah, I've heard of it. Um, I highly, think highly, I saw it like briefly. Yeah, highly recommend it. It's it's hilarious, and it's it, it honestly it's kind of what I wish World's End was more like. Like okay. if if, if um, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright would have made that movie, oh, I I could see those characters working well in that film. Let's put it that way. But. Hmm. But it's good, and and yeah, no, I didn't think World's End was terrible. I just it it was just kind of the weakest. It, it didn't impress me as much as the other two did. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm one of those weird guys who goes like Hot Fuzz is actually my preferred out of the three. Like usually I, everyone chooses Shaun. The, yeah, everyone chooses Shaun. I think Shaun a case the could be made to that. I, yeah, I think it'd be. I would, off the top of my head, well, I'd pick Shaun of the Dead, but I really liked Hot Fuzz too, so it's not. Yeah. So yeah. I should say I grew up with so many. I watched way more of those action flicks than I did zombie flicks. Yeah, mm. so that's kind of where it comes from. Like I didn't do a lot of zombie movies. I still don't. There's like just those certain elements. Like it did a good job with what it's doing. It's just that's just not necessarily my genre. But with I, I, Hot Fuzz, I'm, sorry, I'm like, yeah. yeah, this was forced. To, like growing up in the '90s, as you guys know, that was just action movie central. Like but I think that's up. what it was about World's End too. Is like it it was supposed to be kind of an homage to like the the Boys Night Out Buddy kind of movies. Mm-hmm. and apocalypse things yeah but it yeah. but it just didn't i think it was there was too much going on yeah with it is was my problem like i hot fuzz was like totally a send-up of like you said the 90s action movies and Shaun of the dead played up a lot of themes from different horror movies um you know there's there's references in little actions to all sorts of different horror films and i felt like world's end was just I, I didn't see any a lot of those done as well. Like those, there weren't as many of them, and so it just felt it, different. It was than less of an expecting. homage type movie. Right. It was, and it it actually did a good job at being a good character. But like, there's a lot going on in. Oh yeah. Like yeah, I don't know. Like uh, between the characters and a lot of like. Yeah, but then and of course it's got an alien invasion end of the world plot going on there too. So. <laughs> right. And I was going to ask also another Netflix movie. I may have brought this up in the past, but um, a futile and stupid gesture. Wait, that okay. sounds familiar. It's um, a biopic comedy about the National Lampoon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I remember that, or saw a trailer for that, or something. Yeah. So it's about Doug Kenny. So mm-hmm. it goes into the National Lampoon magazine, radio shows. Um, the Lemmings before SNL. Uh, it goes into the how Caddyshack and um, Animal House got made, but it's it's really good. Okay, they have a lot of celebrities playing the celebrities at that time. Like Joel McHale plays Chevy Chase. <laughs> Interesting, and it's. You know, he doesn't look like Chevy Chase, but my God, does he have the voice and the mannerisms down? Mm-hmm. Same with the guy who's playing Bill Murray and Belushi and Gilda Radner and all of them. It's just they it's it's interesting. It's a it's a really meta movie, too. It's pretty funny. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend. You just can't let them go. Go. Stay on the road. Keep clear of the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast, on Twitter at video junk pod, and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast, all one word. I want to thank you again for listening. And keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard. <laughs>